0: Welcome to Revealing Men, conversations that pull back the curtain, revealing the inner lives of men. I'm Randy Flood, psychotherapist and director of the Men's Resource Center of West Michigan. I would like to welcome Ken Porter back to uh, Revealing Men podcast. Ken, thanks for coming again and taking up part of your day to chat with me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Randy.
0: Yeah. Ken is a um, somatic certified Hakomi therapist who has been practicing in Grand Rapids since 99. Um, and he's been working with the men's resource center for I don't know over a decade now, doing groups with me, right? Yeah, easily, yeah. easily, yeah, yeah. almost to, close to two decades. Mm-hmm. For the listeners who may not know, Hakomi therapy is is a body centered experiential talk therapy. It's a cutting edge approach to healing that is distinctly different than what we would call a traditional analytic approach, um, yet completely complementary. Hence, can re- resourcing you know the men's therapy groups here at the Men's Resource Center for for the time that we've been doing that together over a couple decades now. Hokomi is a, a present moment um, awareness of the body as as the primary gateway to a deeper self discovery. So, by working in the interface of by body, mind, and emotion, hokomi or somatic therapy offers healing in many in many areas, and which I've been able to witness here in this room with with the men we've worked with so our topic today bringing Ken in is is kind of the challenges and gifts of growing up as a sensitive male and um, so Ken is you know wants going to speak to this um, from his personal professional journey of kind of this reclaiming of body and emotions to be in better balance with this mind and spirit so I think for beginners can maybe just a little education on this age-old argument of is it nature or is it nurture <laughs> um, and so just helping people understand you know the notion of what we're born with which is hardwired temperamental shall we say and then what becomes kind of our personality or this being that we then say well that's just the way guys are they're 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 that's they're born this way so No discussion about nature, nurture. Sure.
1: Um, I actually have no idea how much, uh, you know, in terms of sensitivity, how much is nature and how much is nurture or how Mm -hmm. much, or I should say I have no idea how much nature is involved It's easier to see how much the nurture impacts it. Mm -hmm. And that's largely a cultural thing because, you know, there are some cultures, you know, Mediterranean, Mm -hmm. Southern European, you know, where people, where males are very sensitive and very emotionally open and, and expressive and, um, and there are <clears throat> there are cultures like ours, which is is moving more in that direction, right. you know, slowly right. but surely. But um, but tends to be much more, um, you know, sending messages to especially boys, like you know, you got to be tough, mm-hmm. you got to harden up, you got to, you know, don't be sensitive, don't be soft. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know, you know, I don't, I have no idea how much. Like inherent sensitivity, how much variability there is between people coming in, um, but yeah, I can definitely see yeah. how culture impacts it.
0: Sure. Well, what I think about is you know my my own experience and um, raising a boy, um, my son Zach, I think was hardwired, born very sensitive, um, and I think I was that way and the way my parents describe me and tell stories and what some of my memories are. I think I was born with this ability to feel things strongly. And mm-hmm. again, it's it's just this. We call it sensitivity, empathy, or whatever. It's you know, it's this temperament, this hard wiring. I remember reading Zach a story where you know, where's my mother? By P.D. Eastman. I don't know if you remember that book, where the little bird lost his oh, mom. Yeah, yeah, he keeps yeah. he finds a mm-hmm. you know a bulldozer, yeah. a bus, an airplane, mm-hmm. and different things And, and one at one moment he just cries out, "Why, where's my mom?" And Zach just you know was a little boy. He just started weeping. Oh, where's he- his Mommy. And I'm yeah, trying to yeah. read really fast yeah. to get to the, he'll find his mommy here soon. Uh-huh, <laughs> and yeah. I did that with my daughter, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, gender specificity. Um, she kind of, you know, I thought, I want to make my daughter cry. I remember when Dan cried like a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anna looked at me and said, Huh, where's his mom? <laughs> Very mm-hmm. stoically, you yeah, know, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think that is a little bit of a uh but I want to talk about in your personal experience and the work we do with men. But your personal experience, how did you know you were sensitive? I mean, what is some of your earlier memories that said, you know, I think I was, I think I was a sensitive guy.
1: Well, interestingly, um, I was in my forties before. A, a therapist one time just huh. kind of just kind of a, a toss off, you know, <laughs> just kind of just kind of casually said, "Oh yeah, you know, because you're so sensitive" or something yeah. like that. And uh, my first, <laughs> <really> my <laughs> immediate shot. Well, I wasn't insulted. I was just like, "No, I'm not." Like that was my immediate right. first thought. Yeah. And then immediately after that, there was a thought like, "Oh, <laughs> I am, aren't I?"
0: Did, was that I, like a light bulb moment where, like, was. Then all of a sudden you started looking at your child completely different? It, it was,
1: yeah. Okay. And then, and I could see, like, all all at the same time, I could see how both I was just kind of wired to deny my sensitivity. Like, I, I had I had taken that on so mm-hmm. much that I wasn't I wasn't defensive in that moment. I would have been defensive 20, 20 or thirty years before that, right? Um, if somebody said I was sensitive, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't defensive in that moment, but I just felt like, well, that does that's not right. You know, mm-hmm. it just wasn't clicking. But like a split second later, it did click, and it felt like, wow, wow, nobody's ever said that, and and I feel seen, like in that way for the first time. Yeah, must um, have been powerful. It was powerful. Yeah yeah
0: did that help you start to re kind of you had this narrative about your childhood, and maybe there was there was some shame in that um narrative where this might have helped you rewrite it in a different way or look at it differently Oh, say for more. sure
1: yeah, for sure i yeah. um yeah like i I don't have any memory of that word being you know tossed around when I was a kid nobody you know I don't remember anybody saying well you're so sensitive um Mm -hmm. but I think that like the messages were there like I got them much more indirectly I was told very indirectly not to be sensitive Mm -hmm. um so it was more of a behavioral thing a body language thing uh you know where um there were there were messages like don't be you know don't do that because that's kind of girly or you know um, just anything I guess that would anything that was what I would now call sensitive was just thrown into the basket of femininity mm.
0: and then <clears throat> the the judgment was is that that that's that's the domain for women and that that's right. something you should unlearn or some or there's something inherently wrong with your nature because you have this sensitivity or
1: yeah I think that was the implication. Yeah. 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 Like what's wrong with you?
0: Right. Um Yeah. So did you and again it's hard to go back and remember how mm-hmm. we internalized it or how we thought about that. Do you think you went through a period of time of kind of self-effacing or turning turning away from yourself um and trying to be someone that in denied your nature or oh uh, absolutely yeah <laughs> so how did you yeah. how do you remember trying to do that?
1: Um you know it's it's kind of the cliche like yeah. you know boys don't cry like I definitely tried really hard not to cry. I don't um you know as I was kind of thinking ahead of this podcast, you know, about some things. It's like I don't I don't have any memories. I'm sure I cried like once I was a teenager, but I have no memories of ever crying in my teenage years. You know, I'm guessing it probably happened, but yeah. I, I don't remember it. And it's just like, wow, how can you go through your adolescence and not cry? I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of there's, there's a, a lot of pain. There's a lot of tumult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I if I did, it was a rare and very private event um so that was a huge thing for me like don't that i don't know i guess i had internalized that as a sign of weakness or yeah or again like a sign of femininity which now is like well great but you know i was so Im- Im- immersed in the in the misogynistic culture that right. that that seemed like a bad thing to be in touch with anything right. feminine inside yourself so as a as a Somatic therapist, Hall Comey's a therapist, I mean, if you
0: could just do a, a a little didactic here and say, how do you teach your body not to cry? Like, what do you mm. have to do to your to your body to learn to not cry? Because if you look at a baby or a toddler or whatever, it's just untethered, unbridled. It, the, the stomach moves, the chest moves, it yep. just flows without any kind of obstructions or barriers. And so what do you have to teach yourself?
1: Yeah, there's two very, like, immediate things. Um, tense up and hold your breath. Mm. So tense up is like your entire body. Like, there's a rigidification. Okay. You know, even like the gaze of your eyes can get locked and your, you know, your musculature can get locked. Jaw. can. Kind of Jaw, you know. Right. Mm-hmm, face. Okay. Um, And, you know... And and the face and the jaw and, and the eyes are all so um, vitally important in terms of interpersonal communication. Right. I mean, that's how we signal to another person that we're safe or we're not safe. You right. Know, it's like, what's on our face? Are we like, you know? Right. Is there, is there anger? Is there fear? Is there compassion? Um, and so, yeah, we, you know, like, but in order to stop crying, you have to like, you have to rigidify all of those those softer signals that would tell somebody, "Hey, I'm approachable. Come, come here. Come pick me up and mm-hmm. hold me, or right. you know, come be my friend." Um, so, and then that can obviously become chronic. I mean, you do that you do that repeatedly, and then it becomes just a chronic pattern where you are chronically holding your breath and breathing very shallow, and chronically holding. Tension throughout your body, and right. and then you know, there's a whole cascade of physical ailments waiting for you downstream. Right, <laughs> yeah, we
0: call them somatic disorders, meaning that they have mm-hmm. a psychological origin to them, but mm-hmm. they actually come, you know, manifest in your body with you know back pains and you know and other kinds of mm-hmm. um, headaches or um, things like that. That uh, sure that manifest. Mm-hmm. so so part of the you know not to fast forward we'll kind of go back but part of the therapy we do with with you know that we learned ourselves um reclaiming that ability to cry and the work we do with men you know it's like I always uh, say that we're in the Business of teaching grown men to cry (laughs) Um, again, if if it warrants it, right? If they're talking about something that's really sad or some type of grief and loss, then you know that's that's the engineering. You got to remember that we're engineered with these emotions, and the socialization teaches you to you know re-engineer, backward engineer um, against your humanity. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the work we're doing is reclamation. It's like teaching people to cry again is about teaching them to reclaim their body and 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 breath. And, and you do that so well here with guys. Yeah, like Noticing yeah. Their, their, there's an emotion there and then you see the manifestation of the body armor coming on and then you know how to slowly work with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, I, I credit my Hakomi training largely for that. Yeah. Um, I also credit like my own journey from what we've just been talking about. Right. Like I've been through this whole process of, of shutting the whole thing down and then realizing, Oh my God, this sucks. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to live like this. I don't want right. to live shut down and, and rigid like this. Right. Um, and then slowly over, over years and decades, like learning how to reclaim, like you said, reclaim, reclaim my heart, reclaim my sensitivity. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, I'm pretty passionate about this work. And do you see that as a um, as a you don't see
0: that as a, I know you don't see it as a binary or where like like if you reclaim or if you teach someone who's sensitive to stay open to their sensitivity and see that as a gift or as a, as a beautiful thing of their humanity that they can't learn how to be in certain situations stoic or to Quote unquote, suck it up in order to do a perform a task or to complete something, and and not let the emotion get in the way. If you're running a triathlon and you're you know feel like crying rather than running because you're in so much pain, <laughs> you're, you know having been been there and done that, I know you've done some competition too. But there's ways sometimes we think very concretely that if we keep people open to being sensitive, that somehow they're not going to be able to perform other tasks.
1: Yeah, that they'll lose lose yeah. that skill set. Yeah, so say yeah. something
0: about the diversity mm-hmm. that you maybe can experience today by this reclamation.
1: Yeah, I'd say this is a value added skill set. You know, <laughs> it's like it's not taking anything away. Yeah, you know, it's not because uh, yeah, stoicism, toughness, whatever, like those are called for sometimes. And, yeah. Um, we, we need that, uh, you know, we, this is not about taking that away from anybody. Mm-hmm. It's about saying, hey, how about if you have some greater flexibility, you know, <laughs> <laughs> how about if like the, the hammer is not the only tool in your toolkit, right. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, and I, you know, I know you and I both remind, you know, the men in our groups, like, um, Uh, All the time, like, you know, you're not going to lose your ability to, like, shut down your emotions, for example. Right. Because sometimes you do need to shut down your emotions. Right. Sometimes the moment is like, okay, I got to keep it together right now because of what the task at hand here. Right. I, I'll cry later tonight or something, you know, <laughs> but you're not going to lose that ability because you've practiced this your whole life. You're good at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got this down. Don't worry right. that it's going to go out the window just because you cry in, in here one time, you know. Um, it's, yeah, we are going to take your F-150 away and you got to drive a Prius too. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I mean, again, there's, there's, there's this, I mean, we've mm-hmm. been, yeah. <laughs> told that we, we we emasculate men, and mm-hmm. you know we're trying to just put a skirt on them or something like <laughs> that, rather than we're trying to make them full human beings. But right. uh, so it's good to talk about this balance. Um, mm-hmm. You experienced it in your life as you began mm-hmm. to reclaim. Right. You you um, found something that you you denied yourself of. So say something about wh- for other men who might be listening. Um, that might think they're sensitive, or they're raising a boy that's sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of f- fear about how do I, you know, toughen them up, and you know. Um, mm. But what is the beauty
1: of sensitivity?
0: What What does it give you?
1: Oh, I could talk for a long time yeah, about just that. say a little bit about it, yeah. There's, um, I mean, emotion is you know like access to emotion, which is the which is the it's the juice of life. You know, it's it's like. It's like it's like what motivates us and what gives us clarity and what gives us insight and what gives us connection with our fellow humans um I mean it's like God, life without f- access to a full range of emotions is just uh cold and mm-hmm. and death like you know yeah. um and and having access to those emotions is so just brilliant and uh, uh, full rich. It's the color, right? It's like the color versus yeah. black. Watching mm-hmm. old
0: black and white TV, mm-hmm. you know, or black and white, which we you know artistically, that's kind of cool to see. But <laughs> right, uh, but right. to see it as you know, yeah. living life more right. know,
1: color, colorfully. This is the moment where you step into Oz, and yeah. and it all comes to life. Yeah, <clears throat> and you know, along with that, access to emotion comes intuition, comes mm. greater discernment, comes greater compassion, comes greater like uh, self awareness and other awareness. I mean, it just like it, it just makes life so much more rich. Yeah, and when you're when you're shutting your sensitivity down, you might be like an effective you know like a machine you know like as a business person or as a athlete or you know like where you can just like you can just grind it out whatever you need to to grind out but okay great but then where's the beauty and joy in your life right
0: yeah but you know interestingly is that we we see um athletes and and i have a Theory about why this is the case, but you see, you know, you'll see it in March Madness. We're going to see um, a lot of tears mm. um, with tragic losses and end of seasons and final, you know, baskets at the buzzer. Mm. And you'll see um, these athletic machines that are <laughs> playing at a, such a high level mm-hmm. cry. Mm hmm. And hug each other and mm-hmm. be sensitive to each other, mm-hmm. but no one questions their masculinity.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's
0: like they're performing something very traditionally masculine. It's like, you are a man. And we all of a sudden give men, you know, latitude and permission to cry over losing a game. It's like, yeah, I know that hurts. That's okay. I don't mm-hmm. question your masculinity. But then you sit. You know and you lose your job, you lose your wife, or you lose, you know, um, something else and you cry about it. You know, it's like suck it up and move on, mm, you know.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: and then all of a sudden, a lot of regular, everyday, ordinary guys are shamed for showing emotion and tears.
1: Yeah, so you're saying that losing your wife is worse than getting knocked out of a bracket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm, mm. um, yeah, but I, you know. I, I think that that has changed remarkably oh, even yeah, in our sure. lifetime. Yeah. I mean— Our e- lifetime. E- in yeah. our lifetime, <clears> throat> yeah. Throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and that gives me great hope because, you know, that wouldn't have happened when we were— <clears throat> didn't happen when we were right. boys and young men. Um, but I, I see that across the culture. Like, there is, there is a slow but steady kind of, you know, when I— when I see younger men, um, like just generally speaking, they seem to be much more sensitive than than I was, and most of us were right. when we were in our, say, 20s. Right. Um, and that's just so heartening to me to see, mm. you know, that the, the culture does seem to be shifting. Right. Yeah, I mean, you see, you see that, right? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I see yeah. it in my son. Yeah. his friends Yeah,
0: you know that they're able to uh, yeah. um, hug each other or cry with each other I see um, I s- saw my son played football and um, did theater as well and I thought mm. you know I saw his football buddies come and watch him perform theater yeah. and yeah. you know and hug and high fives and you know there was a hey we're a sissy you know <laughs> <laughs> it's more of this more of an acceptance that we can live more mm-hmm. diverse more broadly mm-hmm. um, and but, and again, there's pockets of America, as we know, where that's not, there. there's young men don't have that freedom, and there's still a lot of old school, you know, traditional stay in the box, you know, don't show anything that looks feminine because that's weakness and inferiority. Mm-hmm. So we do know that there's still work to be done, but you're right that there's signs of hope. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. light getting through the cracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I, I, I the color, the richness of life. I mean, I know that you've said to, I've seen it to um, work in the in our groups where um, you'll say something like the sadness is is information, mm. um, and again looking at the way that we're created for emotion as data um, that tells mm-hmm. us a story or tells us. Um, gives us a measurement of something in our lives. And so if you have deep sadness about um, a loss, that is an indicator that you had deep love
1: mm-hmm. for that
0: person. Absolutely. Because if you yeah. didn't cry.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right, right. Or, or weren't sad, then. Right. Then, what? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, our... Our emotions are such a, um, they're such a, like a internal guidance system, you know, they're, they're, they're keeping us on track or that's what they're mm. trying to do. If we let them, mm-hmm. you know, they're saying, well, we're getting a little off course here, you know, like you're feeling anxious. Okay. What's, what's, what need is not getting met. Let's meet this need so that, you know, right. and then you meet the need and then the anxiety is gone. It's like, okay, thank you. Thank you for the message, you know. Yeah. Anxiety is just, uh, the emotion is just the messenger, mm-hmm. and yeah. but you know it's like it requires it requires sensitivity to to get the message to be to be able to receive the message. Right. right.
0: I remember when I was going, you know, I we share, you know, we had conversations as friends and colleagues, and we may, are an immense group together, and and we talk about um, you and I are kind of kindred souls, and that we were raised in similar environments, and and recognize that we had some sense, born sensitivity. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and so um, I remember when I was going through my own therapy and and, um, and trying to do some reclamation of my sensitivity and we're getting more reconnected and grounded in my emotions. I was in a, a band at the time playing the drums. And um, I remember <clears throat> I became a better drummer when I got connected to my emotions, oh, I bet you know, yeah. um, I noticed that it improved my drumming, the therapy I was in <laughs> because it was mm-hmm. just just more fluidity and mm. and and more connection to my body and to yeah. my, oh for sure the 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 energy moving through my body wasn't blocked as much
1: mm-hmm.
0: um mm-hmm. yeah, that was just like and it was just like. <clears throat> Something that I just I had to observe it and going, Wow, what's going on here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great.
1: yeah so, yeah, um, that must have been a, a sweet like moment of realization, yeah,
0: and it was and yeah. it and it was dynamic in that there were times where I was stressed out and mm-hmm. um, more less open-hearted um, that I noticed that that more rigidity came and things didn't mm-hmm. you know, my rhythm was, didn't flow as easy. Um, and then when I would – I remember one time I was going through a, a loss and I was feeling a lot of deep sadness and hurt and pain
1: mm-hmm.
0: for something that was going on in my life. And then I would still go to band rehearsal and that was some of the best drumming because mm-hmm. I was going – my heart was open and raw yeah. and it yeah. just flowed out of my arms and into the sticks and yeah. <laughs> it was like, whoa. So I got to just like someone make me – Hurt and have a bunch of pain to be a good drummer, yeah, or what? That's right. <laughs> yeah. That artistic um, pain. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So, so I wonder if, if you have any other experiences of, you know, the, your experiences growing up and that, um, the pain of having that pummeled out of you and, or the, the beauty of the reclamation or the tying those two together, if you wanted to say any more about. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can speak to both. I mean, yeah. definitely um definitely had it pummeled out of me both literally and metaphorically. Um and uh Yeah, I mean and I and I I I did the thing that we talked about earlier like I I tensed up my body and right. I held my breath and I I kind of and I locked down on a, on a very like physical level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And emotional level, um, because that was the point to lock down the emotions. So I was, you know, harnessing all my resources to to keep it locked down. And it was, you know, my there were definitely beautiful parts of my childhood, but there was a lot of pain in my childhood mm-hmm. because of like the the deadness that I went through it with, because I would I had shut my, I had shut my heart down so much and mm. shut my uh, my energy down so much and um, yeah, so I was just kind of like, just kind of plodding through without any, you know, without that inner GPS, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. no guidance. Like I was just like lost. Yeah. So yeah, it was in my early to mid twenties when I started like. Getting in touch with emotions, and um, and I I had moments like you where it's like I felt so alive. Like if I had a good cry, it's like wow. I remember the first time I had a good cry, right. um, In my I don't know I was in my yeah twenty three or so. I don't know how old I was, right? Um, and and I the first time I had a good cry where I where I welcomed it, where I let it come. And I was like, God, I feel so alive. I feel so, yeah, yeah. I feel so like energized and so, you know, like f- open and free. And you know, God, wow, right. Um, so that that was a that was a big like door opening mm-hmm. into a different life for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and and you know, like over the years since, it's been you know a very. Like slow growing process, um, but what I think one thing that really jumps out um, as like a as a gift um, is my ability to be in relationship with with anybody you know anybody who's willing to willing and able to be you know to go into the the depth of connection Right. Um, that because i now have enough sensitivity like i can be i can be vulnerable with people and i can i can i can uh, share like what's coming up in the moment if somebody says something and i feel a little a little mm-hmm. anger or i feel a little fear or i feel a little shame or you know or i feel a little joy or a little hope or or whatever it is yeah. like Instead of, <clears throat> like in the past, like going into my, into my cognitive mind and like, well, this doesn't make sense. I shouldn't talk about this. Like that's not, you know, blah yeah, blah blah yeah. blah. Getting lost in in the analysis of it, you know, like just put it out there. Like I don't know where I don't know where this is going, but I just had a little shame come up. Start you know? there, right? Yeah, 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 just start there. Yeah. Just lead lead off with it, like. I don't have a I don't have an, an end game here. I right. just I just got the first thing, which is I just had a little shame pop up. Can we can we pause and just like like just unpack this and see right. what see what's here. See you know like see what it was that you just said or what I just said or you know, and and that's such a gift because it's like. God, it was so much work in the past. Like, oh, there's some shame. All right, what do I? Do? Okay, okay. What where What do I do with that? What? Okay, what should? What do I say this? And then right. what are they going to think? And then what if I say that? And it's like, oh man, just yeah, just let yeah. it go. Just put it out there, and you know, trust it. Like it's right. It's a,
0: and it leads to. I mean, we always say in group, you know, either talk it out or act it out, I and mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of like you, you know, so much <clears throat> working with, you know. All these what we call externalization disorders, these acting out problems that we see men do, and and you know, and say, yeah, we got to teach men to behave, and got to hold them accountable, and got to mm. get them to have good core beliefs, <laughs> which is all true. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if we don't do this deeper work of getting to developing emotional intelligence, then then yeah, you're right. They don't. That's there's there's powerful powerful magic in that i mean to be able to have that as you said because then you're less likely to act out i mean Mm -hmm. when you make me feel shame if all i know how to do is get angry and yell at you yeah then that's that's my pattern but if i have this other skill this other magical um, (laughs) approach which is just feeling it and not right. having to do a damn thing with it, just feel it. Mm-hmm. Start there. Or mm-hmm. how's it showing up in my body? You do a lot of that work here with the guys. You know, is it is it a heat coming through mm-hmm. your chest? Is right. it electrical? Right. So just that somatic awareness that emotions start with a sensation, and mm. then how do I talk about it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and articulate it. Um, mm. And then how do I have the patience and the acumen. To in a relationship for someone else to unpack their emotions in that in that being able to hold it without shutting it down or fixing it,
1: right, right, right,
0: and then that creates this capacity for deeper intimacy.
1: For sure, yeah, yeah, very much.
0: And why are we here, mm-hmm. right, on this earth, you know, right. to right, right. Yeah, we're here we to do. work and build things and, and all that. But mm-hmm. it's at the end of the day when we're on our deathbeds, we often are, it's about relationships mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. who's around us. and Yeah. 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 A very sacred work it of, is, yeah. of helping men. It's not their fault that they grew up in a culture, perhaps, that pummeled that out of them um, in this name of being, you know, a real man and the, mm-hmm. reaching the pinnacle of masculinity but to be in this business of helping men see that they they can reclaim that it's not lost forever.
1: Yeah. And
0: it becomes this incredible resource.
1: Yeah. It is sacred work. I I love that framing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and there's no there's no blame like it's not yeah it's not anybody's fault that they got it pummeled out of them and it's not the pummelers fault cuz they were They were using the only tool they had, which was a hammer. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it. it, You know, it's. But it's like, yeah. Now it's time to. Now it's time to reclaim. Now it's time to reclaim our sacredness and our humanity, our full humanity.
0: Right. So, so what do you? I mean, again, well, just kind of being being sensitive to our listeners, and I, I I work and you know, You've seen this too. Is like there's there's a lot of men that I've worked with that come in with either you know it could be a pornography addiction, it can be depression, it can be um, a lot of different manifestations. But one thing I learn is that you know they're they were sensitive um, growing up, and they you know and I identify that for myself, and and to be able to help them see that as a gift. Mm-hmm to reclaim rather than something to be ashamed of because i had guys talk about their sensitivity from a place of shame you know yeah. i was i was just never able to do that banter with other guys you know i mm-hmm. always felt anxious i didn't like you know to i wanted to cry when this was happening i was at a movie and and mm-hmm. you know and all of a sudden the sad part came and i cried my friends looked at me i felt mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. like a wimp and so they're like Almost like, can you help me get rid of this? Can you help me manage this? And yeah. It's like, whoa, no, no, let's, <laughs> let's yeah. reframe this. Yeah, yeah. And so just these list, people who are listening, and you know what? What might you want to say to them about their sensitivity?
1: Yeah, I think you just said it. It's a yeah. it's a beautiful thing. It's a it's a gift of life, and um, and you know, I think there's a I'm going to kind of like go back to something. Yeah. Um, you know, you asked like, what do you do to, to shut down your emotions? Right. And I said, well, you tense your body and you hold your breath. There's another thing that also works mm. and that's to go into your head, mm. like to get lost in your thoughts and then like just stay there and then you don't feel anything. You're just kind of lost in this cerebral... Realm, right? Um, and uh, I think that when when we've gotten messages like anti-sensitivity messages, you right. know that you know don't do this. That at some point that just becomes a belief system, and we have to work through that as well. You know, like we right. have to recognize that okay, I can say, and you can say sensitivity is a is a life-giving thing it's gonna just bring the color into your life right well that's great but if somebody has really encoded that as a belief system they they have to recognize that that's going to be part of the process right you know because they might even conceptually say okay that makes sense that sensitivity brings color to life and it brings life and but but i still can't go there yeah and so right. then there's this kind of a dance of of noticing and this is this is part of how i think somebody starts to cultivate sensitivity mm-hmm. is to to notice like instead of just saying well just be sensitive because it's not that easy <laughs> like first notice how you're not able to be sensitive right. like notice the cost of not being sensitive so when you have like you have a sense of there's something that wants to well up like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you holding your breath right now? Mm-hmm. Are you tensing your gut? Are you, you know, tightening your throat? Um, and, and just to practice being with that very simple awareness, it's hard to do because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I don't, this doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's, it, it doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it, and that's the whole point. Like once you start recognizing how not good it feels, mm-hmm. you're like, well, why am I doing this? Um, so it's, it's, it's not easy work, but it does build sensitivity because it it builds this kind of inner awareness of what, what's going on inside. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, empathy, sensitivity, empathy is the, is the enemy of violence. It's the governor that we have to, if you know what you're doing to someone you're less likely to do it but if you're disconnected from your heart and disconnected mm-hmm. from the pain of others mm-hmm. then you're more apt to do these horrific things to people including mm-hmm. domestic violence or rape or mm-hmm. <clears throat> my, one of my best friends from college was was raped and I was sitting with her and saying and she was describing in detail you know how it occurred and how long it happened and I said how? and she was this beautiful soul and I said you know how how in the hell could someone do that to you Mm. And she said to me, That's it stuck with me. She said, if he knew what he was doing to my soul, he wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You know, and it's like, holy mm. shit. That's that's that, you know, yeah. the purpose of empathy yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and connection. It's like if we know what we're doing to others, that governs how we can behave yeah. and how we treat
1: others. Yeah, that just that just hits me right in the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's another. Um, reclamation. If you, mm-hmm. if you, or if you're a listener and you struggle with, you know, hurting the people you love, you know, there's book Charlie and I wrote, Stop Hurting the Woman You Love. Right. You know, it's that that idea that if you know how you're hurting others, people, and you can connect to it on a deeper level, that's going to help you um, govern your behavior and
1: how you treat others. So it's it's good work. Yeah. Yeah, it's good work. It is very good work. Yeah, it's, it's very badly needed right now. <laughs> yeah, very badly needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, thanks, Ken, for mm. the work we do together, and mm. and um, your your vulnerability of coming in and talking about it on a professional level, but also on a more personal level as well.
1: Yeah, thank you, Randy. Thanks for the opportunity. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks
0: for listening to another episode of Revealing Men. If you're looking for more information about counseling, coaching, and consultative services, please visit the Men's Resource Center of West Michigan online at mencenter.org. Also, feel free to contact us on our website if you have questions about this segment, ideas for a topic, or would like to be a guest on the Revealing Men podcast. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a rating so others can find us. Be well and have a great day.